What's up, guys? I want to take a moment really quick and introduce to you guys our guest for the day. I wish I could be here in person, but I'm actually preaching at his church. I'm across town preaching at what we call a sister church. So in my place is somebody that many of you are going to be familiar with. If you've been around Trace for any amount of time, you know that Corey Bullock was instrumental in getting Trace Church off the ground. So while I'm preaching at his church, he's here filling in for me. And so do me a huge favor and give Pastor Corey Bullock a warm Trace welcome. Thank you, guys. Hey, it's, uh, it's so good to be here with you. Be back at Trace and see so many familiar faces uh, and to see so many faces that I, I don't recognize. Uh, evidently, I needed to leave in order for you guys to grow. I think that's what happened here. So uh, as Aaron had mentioned, uh, I'd asked him several months ago to come and speak at uh, the church that I currently pastor. It's called Sunnyside, and we're starting a series called Planting Eternity. Some of you guys are very aware of this, and others of you might not know, but, but Sunnyside uh, was the local church here that helped get Trace started uh, in this particular place and location. And so it was the reason why Aaron and I actually moved from Arizona to come up and be a part of this. And so I asked him to come back and, and share a little bit about how that connection happened and also just to celebrate what God is doing in and amongst you guys today. And so that's what he's doing over there today. And so I'm so thankful for him to be able to do it. Uh, in exchange, I told him I'd be willing to come over here and preach uh, to which he reluctantly agreed to. And then, uh, and then I asked him, I said, hey, so uh, what, what do you need me to teach on? He said, well, we're gonna be in the middle of a money series. So you want me to go to your church and talk about money? Thanks, I appreciate it. And, and then come to find out, I, I, last week, evidently he gave away $20,000 to you guys. Why couldn't he give me that message? I mean, seriously, I mean, people like you when you give money away to them, right? So that's what I'm gonna do today. I'm gonna give you guys $20,000 of Trace's money. Who's up for it? I'm being told that I can't do that. So <clears throat> you should have been here last week, evidently, okay? So, uh, but I, I love, I love, I love, I love the heart of what is happening here. Uh, I love to see what God is doing in this place. Uh, Aaron is one of my best friends uh, and is one of the, the best leaders that I know as well. Uh, and God is doing something incredible. He's, he's built a staff around here. He's, he's, he's causing some things to happen here. He's growing this place. He's growing this church. And I truly believe that he wants to grow something inside of each and every one of you. And what he wants to grow in you, in addition to some other things, uh, but what we're gonna talk about today is he wants to grow some generosity inside of you. That's actually the, the point of conversation that we're gonna talk about today when it comes to money. So we're gonna be talking about generosity. Now, some of you guys showed up today going, man, I chose the wrong day to come to church because we're talking about money. But this is what you need to know. And this is why you, probably you've heard this multiple times from, from the pulpit and from this church. But what you need to know is that this church, we as pastors, I can speak on behalf of Aaron and on behalf of this church. We don't want something from you. <clears throat> when it comes to money and it comes to generosity, we actually want something for you. Because generosity is actually the very best thing for you. Let me ask a couple of questions. Feel free to respond if you'd like, or you can kind of just rhetorically nod your head. Uh, does anybody here like to prosper? Like to prosper? Okay, a few of you guys. Okay, that's good. Anybody like to feel good? All right. Do you like to be really happy? All right. Do you, do you like to combat selfishness? Nobody says yes to that, all right. Do you like to see others smile, maybe even cry out of appreciation? Do you like to be liked? Do you like to be blessed and refreshed? Do you like to please God? Do you like to represent Jesus to other people? If any of those things apply, 
Might I suggest to you guys today that you start getting generous because generosity actually results in all of those things that I just mentioned to you. Generosity is actually good for you. The Proverbs have a ton to say about generosity, but I wanna direct you to Proverbs eleven twenty five. It says this, the generous will prosper. Those who refresh others will themselves be, what? Refreshed. Because generosity is the gift that actually gives. You get more out of being generous than you give away at any time. And if you've ever experienced the blessing of generosity, you know what I'm talking about. I want you to think about just for a moment, the most generous person that you know, and it can't be yourself, okay? You can't choose yourself. But think about the most generous person that you know. And I want you to think, how do they make you feel? When you think about them, does, does it bring a smile to your face? Does it make you wanna be less or more like them thinking about that, that person? See, generous people are people that we like to mimic. We want to be like very rarely will you ever find a person who is generous in their heart and pessimistic or negative towards the world around them. And man, we could use some more people like that in the world right now, amen? Yeah. You know, several years ago when I was starting my ministry down in Arizona, uh, there were a couple guys in my life, when you, when you ask that question, think of the most generous people you know, at that time I would have thought of these two individuals. Uh, they had on various occasions blessed our family and I just got to see them over and over, offer some blessings to other people and be generous in different ways. And, and I, remember, I remember driving home one day and uh, I was having this internal dialogue and I was having this conversation with myself, which I often do. And, and I, thought of my, I thought to myself, man, I hope, I hope someday I could be as generous as those guys. And all of a sudden God interrupted my thought process. I wasn't praying, but all of a sudden God came, came into my thought process. And I distinctly remember him saying to me, Corey, if you don't start now, you'll never be like them then. If you can't be generous with the little that I've given you at this point in time in your life, don't think things are gonna change if you ever get more in your life. You gotta start right here, right now. You see, generosity has very little to do with what you have. And it has a whole lot more to do with who you want to be. It has a lot more to do with who you actually want to become. As, as a matter of fact, I wanna take you guys to 2 Corinthians. If you got your Bibles, go ahead and you can get those out. You can turn them on. I will have the verses up here on the screen as well, but we're gonna be taking a look at chapters eight and chapters nine. Paul writes to the church in Corinth and he's writing to them because they've actually made a pledge. They've committed to be able to give some money and he's trying to encourage them in that process to encourage them in their generosity. And, and he starts off by saying this in, in, in chapter eight, verses one through four, he says this. Now, I want you to know, dear brothers and sisters, what God in his kindness has done through the church in Macedonia. So he's talking to the church in Corinth, uh, in Corinth, but what he wants them to do is he's using this church in Macedonia as a way to be able to help them understand what God wants to do in them. So he's speaking of, of these guys here. He says, they are, they are being tested by many troubles and they are very poor, but they are also filled with abundant joy, which has overflowed in rich generosity. For I can testify that they gave not only what they could afford, but far more, and they did it out of their own free will. They begged us again and again for the privilege of sharing in the gifts for the believers in Jerusalem. You all see what, what, what Paul is doing here? He's trying to encourage the church in Corinth by using the church in Macedonia as an, as an example. The, the reality is, is they're going through a bunch of hard stuff. 
And in our lives, it would, it would be a great excuse. It'd be a great reason for us not to actually step into generosity. But for them, it was a great way for them to grow their generosity. And I think that Paul is using them as an example, not only to the church in Corinth, but for the church here in Colorado Springs today to be able to say, guys, just because you're going through difficulties, just because you may not have a lot right now, doesn't give you an excuse. It shouldn't deter generosity. It might actually be the foundations that he's giving you for you to grow your generosity all the more. That's what he does. And so the church in Macedonia actually becomes known as a church for generosity. We, we don't know a whole lot more about them, but everybody else knows about that church now. They are a generous church. How do you think that you become known as a generous church? It starts with people like you, people like me becoming generous people who make up a church that then becomes a generous church. I remember some conversations with Aaron back in the very beginning of the Trace Days. We had been blessed by so many other churches in the area to be able to get us started. The churches that really didn't even know us, but just believed in the mission and believed in Aaron's leadership. And they stepped in and, and I remember him saying to our staff team, guys, I want us to be known as the most generous church that we've ever been a part of. You know how that happens? It happens by us actually stepping into that and learning generosity for ourselves and actually growing in generosity for ourselves. Paul continues on to encourage the church in Corinth and he says this, remember this, a farmer plants uh, a farmer who plants only a few seeds will only get a small crop, but the one who plants generously will get a generous crop. And then he goes on to say that, that God will actually provide for all your needs when you start to be generous, right? And then he says this, you will be made rich in every way so that you can be generous on every occasion. And through your generosity, it will result in thanksgiving to God. Guys, catch this. When you grow in generosity, it not only blesses other people, but by blessing other people, you actually turn their attention to our Father in heaven. You see, the more generous we become, the more like Christ we become, the more that we actually exemplify Christ in our bodies so that they turn their eyes towards God. It's an amazing thing that generosity does. Now, you guys probably don't hear much about tithing here at Trace, unless something's changed here recently. It's not something that, that we ever talked about a whole lot. And the reason being is because 10% was never the goal. If anything, it was kind of a baseline that was set along the ways to make sure that our dependency was on God. Generosity is the goal of giving. Generosity is what God actually wants to do and well up inside of us. Because the more that we give the more that we become generous. And the more that we become generous, the more we reflect the very heart of God. It says so as, so as much in 2 Corinthians 8, 9, in the same essence of what he's trying to convey to this church, he says, you know the generous grace of our Lord Jesus Christ. Though he was rich, yet for your sakes he became poor, so that by his poverty he could make you rich. It's, it's, it's enveloped in the very gospel message of Jesus Christ. His willingness to come down to this earth and generously sacrifice his life when it was not expected and it was not deserved, but he gave it for you and he gave it for me any way. He demonstrated his generosity for us and now we actually get an opportunity to do the same on behalf of him. You know, when it comes to generosity, I find that we don't typically pray to God that he would make us more generous. Maybe, maybe you're more mature and more spiritual than I am, but that's not a prayer that I often pray. Sometimes I think about wanting to be more generous, but I oftentimes don't pray that prayer. You know why? Because it's a dangerous prayer. Have you guys ever prayed for patience? Anybody ever prayed for patience? Some of you guys have learned not to pray for patience. Why? 
Because when you pray for patience, God gives you a bunch of kids. That's why, all right? He gives you a global pandemic. He gives you some trials because you don't wake up the next day when you pray for patience and be like, I'm more patient. <laughs> I'm more kind. No, God presents an opportunity for you to actually step into that and learn through the grueling nature that it comes to be more patient. I think the same happens with this idea of generosity. And it's one of the reasons why we might not pray to God to make us more generous. Because we don't wake up and just, God just gives us generosity. We wake up tomorrow morning and it's like, I just feel more generous today. No, what God does is he provides opportunities for us to be able to step in, which sometimes are harmful <laughs> to us. Sometimes they hurt us. Sometimes they stretch us. Sometimes they're sacrificial in order for us to be able to learn the concepts of generosity. But when we do this, we expand our capacity for generosity. Here's what I want you guys to know today. Generosity grows. It's not given. I want you guys to say this with me. Generosity grows. It's not, it's not given. It's not something that's just automatically given to you. It's something you have to grow inside of you. You don't just wake up overnight and say, I'm now a generous person because it's against our human nature. It's against our classic conditioning. It's against everything that's inside of us that is natural, but it's with everything that God wants to form in us that's spiritual. Now, each of us have a capacity for generosity. Just like each of us have capacities for, for lots of things in this life. Uh, every single one of us have a lung capacity. You guys know this, right? As a matter of fact, I want all of you guys to take a deep breath and I want you to hold it for me, okay? Go ahead and do that right now. Okay, now while you guys are holding your breath, I'm gonna keep talking, okay? Some of you guys have been like working out. Maybe you do some swimming. You are really good. You're kind of growing this lung capacity. You can hold your breath longer. Some of you guys, you know, you've been smoking, all right? You've been doing things that have shrunk. Hey, don't laugh, all right? You've been, you shrunk that capacity, all right? And so now you're having a hard time. And you can breathe, okay? Each and every one of us has a capacity within our lungs to be able to breathe. Now, whether you know this or not, you, have, you can actually, you can shrink it or you can, you can grow, you can expand that capacity for your breathing. That's just, that's one of the things that you can do. Some of you might be more familiar with this idea of leadership capacity. Uh, each and every one of us who've been in leadership situations have found ourselves kind of flirting with the ceiling of our leadership based upon our experiences, our learnings, uh, the things that have gone behind us and the things that are before us, that maybe your, your organizational skill sets and everything else. What it's done is it's put a cap on your ability to lead, your capability to lead. And so at some point in time in our leadership, what we have to do is figure out, okay, how do I expand my capacity so that I don't reach this cap, but I can continue to be able to grow my influence? In a very similar way, we have a capacity for generosity. We have a point at which we go, you know what? I will be generous to this extent, but don't ask me to do more than that. Don't ask me to be able to stretch that. Don't ask me to be able to sacrifice. And when we hit that cap, we have two options. We can either say, you know what? This is just who I am. This is how I was made. This is what I have in my position. I'm gonna stop it right here. And therefore we've limited our capacity. Or we can do the hard work of being able to expand our capacity. We, we can ask hard questions like this. How do I grow my capacity for generosity? And if today you're with me in this and you understand that growing your capacity actually helps you reflect Jesus more and, and, and actually is good for you, then what I'm gonna do is I'm gonna spend the rest of our time talking about this very thing. I'm gonna give you all some very practical things about how we can grow our capacity. I wanna start with Isaiah 32 because I think this is a great starting point. It says this, generous people plan to do what is generous and they stand firm in their generosity. I love this. Keep us up here for a minute, okay? Generous people, if you desire to be generous, 
It starts off with a plan to do what is generous and then you can stand firm in your generosity. I have a theory and here's my theory. Most of us desire to be generous. Most of us desire to be generous. I don't think, I don't think any of us wake up in the morning, look into the mirror and be like, you know, I'm gonna be a little more stingy today. You know, maybe, maybe your spouse does. I don't know, okay? But I don't think any of us, that's our desire. We, we don't want to be stingy. We don't want to be reserved. I, I think we desire to be generous. I think where we fail though in this is that we don't actually have a plan to do so. We don't have any kind of action steps. We don't have anything before us that will actually help us to grow that capacity. And so that's what I want us to do today is I want us to talk about that because generosity takes intentionality. We must have a plan. And so, so the first part of this plan, if you guys are note takers, here's, here's what I want you guys to write down. Prepare for generosity. I want you to prepare for generosity. Now, for most of us, I, I would imagine that in our lives, the opportunities that we have to be generous kind of come spontaneously. Something presents itself as an opportunity for us and we're like, you know what, I'm gonna step into that. I'm, just, I'm gonna be generous to that, which is an awesome thing. But did you know that you can actually plan for spontaneity? You can plan for those situations that actually pop up in your life. And if you don't plan, then you will have to actually make a decision. And that decision may go one way or the other where you go, I just don't feel like I can be generous right now. Or I wanna step into generosity. What I wanna do is I wanna encourage you guys to actually prepare ahead of time for generosity, which means you gotta create some margin in your life. You gotta create some margin in your finances. Margin or lack thereof may actually be the greatest threat to your capacity. I think that's very much the case for us. And I look around the room, I see a lot of younger faces. You're all probably kind of in this stage of life where, where everything's a little bit tight, you know? Most of us don't have a whole lot of margin. We wanna be generous, but oftentimes we just don't have the room to be generous. Many of us are extended beyond our finances. We're extended beyond our income. We, we, many of us are house broke in this Colorado Springs, you know, place where, you know, housing is ridiculous right now. And we extend ourselves beyond that. Some of us are maxed out in credit cards or student debt. Some of you guys like the Macedonians have experienced some, some trials and some difficulties over the past year that has caused you to have to live paycheck to paycheck. And you feel like you're always trying to catch up and you're always behind. But this is where we have the greatest opportunity for our generosity to grow because we're not gonna allow the excuse of where we happen to be and what we have in our possession to negate the generosity God wants to grow in us, nor do you have to. And so we need to come up with a plan. Now I'm gonna cuss in church and knowing that Aaron has been the lead pastor of this church since the beginning, this is not the first time that it's ever happened, okay? You all know it's true. But if you wanna be prepared for generosity, then you gotta build it into your budget. I just cussed, I said budget in church, okay? Seriously though, no, nobody likes budgets, at least no sane person likes budgets, all right? Um, we, we don't like to, to think about that. We don't like to have to tell our money where to go and all that kind of stuff. But, but in all reality, if, if you wanna prepare yourself for generosity, you actually have to build it into your budget. You have to be able to put some stuff in the place because a budget tells your money where to go. Just like a, a calendar tells your time where to go. And, and more so than a budget and a calendar actually tell your time where to go and it tells you what you wanna do. Those things, those processes actually, they communicate who you want to become. And so when you actually start to build this into your budget, what you're saying is, is I desire to be a generous person and reflect Jesus in this way. And if that's the case, then I'm actually gonna put it, I'm gonna put it on a budget line item. 
I'm actually gonna, I'm gonna create space and margin, even if it's just a little bit to start. I'm gonna make space for that so that I can be able to look for opportunities to be able to bless other people for that. You see, a while back, my wife and I heard about this concept from some others and we decided to start putting it into place in our own life. And so in addition to our faithfulness in tithing to the church and being, being faithful in that regard, that, was, that comes off the top. That's a first fruit. It's not even included in our budget because uh, we believe that that's actually faithfulness and dependency on God. But in addition to that, we started to create a line item in our budget that was literally a charitable giving. And you can label it at whatever you want to. You can label it, you know, becoming generous or whatever you want to say. But we, we put a line item in there and we started putting some money in there. And honestly, it wasn't much to start with. In, in some seasons, it's not a whole lot even now. But we created a spot where we can actually start to stock some money in there so that when opportunities present themselves, we actually have some margin to be able to give. We're actually already prepared for that. So when we offer a, a gift card uh, to show some gratitude, we've got that available. Uh, when a family that's in need needs some groceries, we, we've, we've got some, some stuff that's available for that. And when we see some, some friends that are having difficulties, we can jump into that. When there's a random act of kindness that comes to our mind, we can, we can hit on that. When a family member may need some additional resource, we're not having to pull from savings because we've actually got it built into our budgets. Now, oftentimes the things that we have set aside it's not enough to be able to cover whatever the need happens to present itself. And that's okay. That's when we have the conversation with the Lord. Do you want us to extend ourselves beyond what we've set aside? Because that's sacrifice and sacrifice is sometimes important for generosity, but generosity itself can actually be planned. We can at least be able to step in and meet that need. So I wanna encourage you guys as you prepare for generosity, start to set something aside so that you might be available and ready when that opportunity presents itself. Now, uh, this past Sunday at Trace, uh, you all had this reverse offering, right? Uh, where Aaron gave away $20,000, but he didn't give it to you all just to be able to pocket and put into your banks, right? What did he he give it to you for? So you can give it away. If you don't know this, this is probably a problem, okay? He put that resource in your hands so that you could then be able to bless somebody else with that resource, right? Now, something funny happened this past week. You started to see people differently, didn't you? Having something in your hand, in your possession, given a challenge to actually be looking for an opportunity to bless somebody else, it caused you to be able to see people differently. Every interaction with somebody all of a sudden started to become a possible transaction for blessing, didn't it? You started thinking, is this the person that I'm supposed to bless with this? I got this call, I got this text, I ran into this person. Lord, do you want me to bless them with this? Am I supposed to do that with that? All of a sudden, having that resource available to you starts to make you think differently about your interactions with other people as potential targets for blessing. In the same way, when you start to budget this in, you start to create a line item, you've artificially created an opportunity for you to change your perspective as the way in which you encounter other people. You look at other people as a way to be able to see them as a potential target for blessing. It changes your perspective. And that is a wonderful thing because that starts to grow your capacity for generosity. It changes the way in which you think about others. And now you're equipped to be able to do that. Now on this note for preparing for generosity, another idea that as you prepare for generosity is that you should take an inventory of all that you have in your possession. Generosity is a lot more than just uh, monetary. It's a lot more than just money. It's a lot more than just finances. There are so many other ways in which we can become generous, even though money is a great litmus test in that regard. Uh, Maybe you've got a skill set that you can make available to somebody else at no charge. Uh, Maybe you have an extra room in your house that you could allow somebody to stay in. Maybe you have a a vehicle that you could allow somebody to borrow, maybe to have because you're not using. 
You can be generous with your finances, but you can also be generous with your time. I know Aaron last week talked about this. He said, capability without availability is spiritual. You all remember this? Passivity, Passivity. very good, because I didn't remember what that was, okay? Spiritual passivity. You can bless people with your time. You can be generous with your hospitality by welcoming people into those homes that you can't afford, all right? This is a great thing to be able to do, right? Invite people in, allow them to be able to, to, to be welcomed into this town. You can be generous with your stuff. You can be generous with your words. Encouragement is such a great way. We oftentimes overlook this as a way of growing in generosity. We are so reserved and sometimes stingy with our compliments, aren't we? I know I am. That is a great way though, to be able to look at somebody and to be able to offer them, especially if you find yourself in difficult financial strengths right now, maybe, maybe your words is the way in which God wants to grow you in generosity. So you gotta, you gotta prepare for generosity. Take an inventory of that that you have in your possession. Start putting a line item and a budget so that you can start seeing people differently. The second thing that I would tell you as you make a plan is that you need to practice generosity. Any of you guys play sports growing up? Okay, I'm a big basketball fan, played sports all growing up. And, and, and you all know this, but anytime that you play a sport, the more that you practice, the better that you get at this, the greater capability and capacity you have for that particular activity. And so it, the same it is with really anything in this life, whether you're, you're a teacher or you're a speaker or a communicator or a business person, the more you put things into practice, the better you become at them, the greater capacity it grows in you. There's nothing different with generosity because generosity is not given, it's grown. And so if you want to see generosity growing in your life, you got to put it into practice, which means for some of you guys, you got to start giving something somewhere. You just, you just got to start that practice of being able to take whatever you have and being able to release it to others. Be able to take what you have and be able to release it to others. That's actually the practice of generosity. And it doesn't have to be, it doesn't have to be monetarily, just as we mentioned before, but you grow generosity by giving stuff away. That's how, it, that's how it grows. So whatever you have, are you giving it away? And here's what I know about generosity. The more that you give, the less attachment that you have, the more joy that you see and actually receive, the more that you wanna do it. And if you've ever experienced this in your life, if you've ever been in a place where you've been generous to others, you know exactly the feeling that I'm talking about, the joy that comes along with being able to give to other people. It is contagious, guys. It's like a drug. You want more of it because you wanna be able to see that generosity grow with other people. So you gotta give something somewhere. It doesn't have to be to this church. It doesn't have to be 10%. Just give something away somewhere. You could give to Sunnyside Christian Church for all I care. Sunnysidechristian.com backslash give, all right? But no, seriousness, you all need to know that I'm not speaking these words. I don't even come to this church so that you can give more money to this church. I'm speaking these things because generosity brings life to others and to you. It reflects the very nature of Jesus. And if you wanna be more like Jesus, you gotta become more generous. And in, in, in doing so, you're actually gonna turn other people's eyes towards him. You know, shortly after I had that uh, kind of encounter with, with God in my, my car where he said, you gotta start now or you're never gonna be, I started doing these very things. I started asking the Lord, Lord, what is it that I've got in my possession? What, I, what do I have available? We're young in our marriage, young in our ministry. We didn't have a whole lot. And, and so I started taking some inventory and just asking the Lord, I, I want you to make me more generous. I wanna become that kind of person. So what do I need to do to start now? And uh, the, the first thing that kind of came to my mind was that we were currently living in a, a two bedroom condo down in Arizona. And so we had an extra room that could be used. And so we just started praying, Lord, if there's somebody that needs this space, 
um, just open up our hearts, open up our minds, present an opportunity for that to happen. Shortly thereafter, and I'm telling you, when you pray the things that God already wants and desires for you, keep your eyes open because he's gonna do, he's gonna show up in those moments. So shortly thereafter on a Saturday night service, um, after service, I, I, I encountered this couple named Joe and Nella, uh, found out that they were homeless uh, and then really needing a place to stay. And even though most of you guys in Colorado think that us Arizonans are, are, you, know, are you know, really sissies when it comes to cold, it actually does get cold in the desert down there, okay? And so um, I decided, I said, Lord, I think, this is the opportunity. And so I called my wife up. It's always a good idea to call your wife before you invite some homeless guys to stay with you, by the way. I called her up and I said, babe, I think, I think this is who God kind of put on our hearts. And so, so we invited them over to our house to stay. And uh, we stopped by the back of Safeway, picked up their stuff and brought them into our home. And uh, we allowed them to stay there for a couple weeks. And through that process, we in, in invited them to come to our small group and our small group kind of rallied around them. And collectively, we helped them find a job and uh, we got them in, in, in uh, this recovery program because of some addiction stuff that they had going on. Uh, I realized that uh, Joe, he had some, um, some materials. He was a construction guy. So he was going back and forth to work today. And so I was driving him and eventually I said, you know what, Joe, you can borrow my, my truck, you know, and go back and forth. Through that process, I was continuing to ask the Lord, what is it that else that you've put in my possession? And he said, Corey, would you be willing to give up your truck? I said, Lord, do you have anything else for me? You know, and, uh, you know, it, it wasn't anything special. It was an 88 Ford Ranger, but it was my first truck. I love that thing. And, and the Lord goes, you know, would you be willing to give it up? Because he could use it more than you could. I said, all right, Lord, I'll, I'll do that. And so I was designing my heart that we were, we were gonna give that truck away to Joe as he was kind of getting better and getting back on his feet. Joe ended up stealing it before I could give it to him. Um, that's a story uh, later on that I can share with you guys. There's wise ways to be generous and there's unwise ways. We learned some things through that process. But I wouldn't have changed that because that was what God was calling us to do. I was willing to let it go. And I wasn't upset I wasn't upset that Joe stole the car. I was upset that I didn't have an opportunity to bless him with it. Long story short, we ended up recovering the vehicle. We'd already resigned that we were gonna give it away. And so we started looking for somebody else. God put somebody else in our hearts. A, a college age student didn't have a father figure in their life. We were able to bless her with that particular vehicle. Joe ended up coming to faith in Christ through some prison time. But uh, <laughs> amen. Came up and gave me a hug later. I thought he was coming back to kill me. And uh catch this, catch this. Somebody else in our church had heard what had happened. They'd heard how we had stepped out in faith. They ended up blessing us with a vehicle that was far nicer than our 88 Ford Ranger. I learned the joy of being able to give. God was growing generosity in me. And when you bless others, you yourself are refreshed. I don't know if it always works out like that, but God wanted to teach us and our family something in that moment that if we're willing to be able to trust him and grow in Christ like him, that all of a sudden some other great things would happen. And so we started getting the joy of giving and we, we loved the fact that we were able to bless somebody with the card. So we decided to give another away and then another one and then another one. As a matter of fact, this past summer, my family was is able to give the, our fourth vehicle away to somebody else. And I, I say this, you all need to know this about um, myself. We are a single income family living on a pastor's salary. We're not rolling in the dough, all right? We live in Colorado Springs just like the rest of you guys. We have our own issues and, and, and constraints. But I share that with you and I can't share that with my congregation because it would be bragging, all right? But for you guys, 
I want it to be inspiration because it has nothing to do with me or my family. It has everything to do with the joy of becoming generous and being like Christ. In each and every one of those situations, we are able to represent Jesus to those people. And I share it with you because I want you to start thinking differently about where you're at. Some of you might think that you're a generous person right now, but can God grow that capacity more? Some of you are looking at yourself going, you know what, this is an area in my life that I know needs to grow. And I've been using some excuses and I need to throw those away because I need to trust in God. I wanna become more generous like Jesus. And so I wanna inspire you. I I want you to stretch your generosity. I want you to expand your capacity so that Jesus gets credit for it so that people can turn and thank him for it. You know, instead of closing today with a word of prayer, I wanna end a little bit different. I wanna end with a, a word of prose. And, uh, and here's the deal, you, just, you guys need to know that I'm not cool and I'm very aware of it, okay? However, sometimes I think, sometimes I think that uh, we need to be creative. I was inspired by Eminem at his halftime show. And so I'm gonna, <clears throat> I'm gonna share with you guys a, a poem that is now a spoken word called getting generous. Are you all ready for this? Here we go. In a world that seeks to get rich, I don't buy that pitch. Instead, I seek to get generous. I desire to be like my Lord who generously poured his life out for me. I've come to realize that if I want real life, I can't keep mine. I must give it away. It's not really mine anyway. It's all on loan, you see. I no longer give from guilt, now I give from grace. He wants something for me, not from me, my doubts I must erase. He is my boss, he paid the cost, Jesus has my heart. No longer fearful, now I'm cheerful as I set my gift apart. I don't get to give, I get to give. I'm blessed to be a blessing. It's good to give, help others live, and it will be refreshing. When I give my gift, praises lift to the one who initiated. His kingdom come, his will be done, Jesus appreciated. And if you wanna see amazing things and watch God show up among us, I told you before, don't wait for more. Let's start getting generous. Seriously, when I say this, guys, generosity stems from the work of Jesus. He's the one who showed us the way. He's the one who demonstrated it to us by the, his death, burial, and resurrection on the cross. And every time that we get together like this, it's because we wanna learn more about him. We wanna see his example. We wanna be able to follow after him. And this is one of those ways that we can actually take steps towards doing that and reach a world that doesn't yet know. And so what I'm gonna do right now is I'm gonna invite you guys into a time of response. And here at Trace, that time of response looks kind of varied. We have several things that you can do in your time of response. We have some communion stations that are set up around the room. You can go and and take communion, thanking Christ for doing what he did, giving his life generously to us so that we might be able to have life everlasting with him. In the back, we have some prayer stations and some people that would be willing to pray for you. You can also uh, uh, bring your tithes and your offerings at that particular time. We also have these white towels that are at the end of each one of these tables. And for some of you guys, you've not yet surrendered to Jesus. And so you don't even know what this whole thing is all about. I wanna encourage you today, if you've not yet done that, today's the day. This is an opportunity. Come up and grab one of these towels and then uh, you'll be able to talk with somebody after service about what getting baptized happens to look like. Will you all pray with me? Father God, thank you for this morning. Thank you for an opportunity for us to come and learn from you. I pray that you would allow these words to stick in our hearts and that you have put something in our minds or maybe even a person in our mind that we might be able to bless this week as you have blessed us. 
Lord, we pray that we could be generous just like Jesus. And it's in his name we pray, amen.